Welcome to the Coin Black History on the Other Side podcast, hosted by Brittany Wilkins. This podcast is brought to you by Historians Connect. Historians Connect is a nonprofit organization with a mission to bridge the gap between African American history and culture by preserving the legacies of African Americans, debunking myths, defining black excellence while rewriting the narrative of African-American history. If you tuned into the show to learn a new and different perspective on black history, you're in the right place. This is not America's founding father's history of slavery and oppression. We're changing the culture by changing the narrative, educating listeners on various aspects of black history spanning from ancient African history to current day events affecting communities around the world. Empowerment through cultural education. This is The Coin, black history on the other side. Dear America, run me my 40 acres and a mule. Run me my reparations for 400 plus years of slavery, taking my ancestors from their native land. Run me my reparations for colonizing and underdeveloping Africa. Run me my reparations for the brutalization and victimization inflicted upon my brothers and sisters. Run me my reparations for the unpaid wages and hard labor in building America. Run me my reparations for those countless hours my ancestors picked cotton in those fields. Run me my reparations for the racial injustice. Run me my reparations to cope with post-traumatic slave syndrome. Run me my reparations for stripping my people of their identity so they never seek to discover their true history. Run me my reparations for some of my people hate the skin they are in. Run me my reparations so that I may buy my 40 acres and a mule that you promised but failed to deliver. The magnitude of the racial terror black people have experienced in this country cannot be quantified. Yet many people believe this country owes us reparations. Have we earned the right to reparations? Do the receipts of bigotry Hate and discrimination imply we are long overdue for a refund. But what is reparations? Reparations is defined as the making of amends for a wrong one has done by paying money to or otherwise helping those who have been wrong. Recently, I read an article published by NBC News 
on how Evanston, Illinois, will be the first U.S. city to issue slavery reparations. And just reading the headline alone, a few questions came to mind. How many black residents are in Evanston, Illinois? Two, how much money will black residents be awarded? Three, how did city leaders and officials come to terms and agreements, how much to pay out, and what data was used to justify reparations? After reading the article, I learned reparations is not a direct payment of funds to residents. The city of Evanston developed a housing program. This program acknowledges the harm caused to African-American residents due to discrimination of housing policies and practices on part of the city from 1919 to 1969. The first phase of the program is giving 16 residents $25,000 each for home repairs or property taxes. How it started was in 2002 when the city council supported the U.S. House Resolution 40, calling for the government to study slavery and make recommendations for reparations with the adoption of Resolution 43-R-02 slavery reparations. In November 2019, the Evanston City Council adopted Resolution 126-R-119, establishing the City of Evanston Reparation Fund and Reparation Subcommittee. The Resolution Committee committed the first $10 million to fund local reparations for housing and economic development for black residents. The history and work committed to this initiative has brought us here to see this milestone today. And while many have applauded the efforts of this program, many are saying it is not enough. In an article published by the NBC News by Shar Adams, author and scholar in residence at American University, Andre Perry was quoted as saying, I certainly would like for money to go directly into the hands of individuals, but he does not believe an initiative like this should be prevented from starting. He believes those who qualify should be able to spend as they like. Alderman Cicely Fleming called the resolution a housing plan dressed up as reparations. True reparations should be dictated by the people rather than city leaders. Critics have even noted that simply funding does not adequately address systemic racism that makes it difficult for black people to build wealth through the practice. Ms. Fleming voted against the plan. As she stated, she supports reparations, but really emphasized how blacks should dictate the terms of how their grievances should be repaired. The point she made was that this program assumes black people can't manage their own money. Interestingly enough, the House Committee approves a bill to study slavery reparations for the first time. The legislation, H.R. 40, will create a commission to study slavery reparations owed to black Americans. The legislation 
would be comprised of 13 people who would study the lasting effects of slavery and racial discrimination throughout the country's history. The panel would submit its findings to Congress and recommend any remedies, including compensation to black Americans. Since 1989, reparations legislation has been introduced in every session of Congress. This is the furthest it has gone through Congress. Progress is a process. This is a symbolic achievement. But many believe this legislation will not pass. I wonder if it does pass, who will be the 13 members on this reparations committee and what era of history where they begin their study? It's taken 32 years to reach this milestone. How long will it take the committee to do their research and submit their findings? So based upon the definition of reparations, the debate is centered around compensation. African-Americans should be paid. But should we strive for equity over reparations? Because these reparations have to be financial. According to the USA Today, an analysis conducted by Mullen and Darty in distributing reparations, it could lead to the elimination of the black-white wealth gap within 10 years. Ariel and Schwab, a black investor survey, shows black Americans continue to trail white counterparts in building wealth in the areas of saving and investing. It has been reported that black Americans save $393 overall per month, while whites save 76% more at $693 per month. The data supports the wealth gap disparities, but I am not convinced reparations will eliminate the wealth gap. Because have you noticed every time the African-American race takes two steps forward, we are set back by the system due to legislation and policy changes that make it harder for us. For instance, how the Georgia governor signed SB 202, changing the state's election codes to prevent a repeat of what occurred this past election. This new legislation intentionally erects barriers to the rights of African-Americans and persons of color, their fundamental right to vote. So just imagine when our race begins to build wealth in this country and how it will impact the economy. While many of us will obtain and inherit wealth in this country, the gap will always be there. The system will continue to propose new legislation and move the needle, creating more red tape, prohibiting us from living their American dream. But what does it profit a man to gain the world and still be treated as an abject, degraded human being? As rapped by lyricist Kanye West, it seems we live in the American dream, but the people highest got the lowest self-esteem. The prettiest people do the ugliest things for the road to riches and diamond rings. We shine because they hate us. Lost because they degrade us. We trying to buy back our 40 acres. And for that paper, look how low we'll stoop. Even if we're in Benz's, even if you are in the Benz, you are still a nigga in the coop. So are we viewed any differently by the acquisition and acquiring wealth in this country?
Many believe reparations will right the wrongs of this country. Reparations are a past debt owed of what has occurred many centuries ago, many generations ago. What about now? What will reparations do for us today in this generations? What will reparations solve? Will reparations stop police brutality? Will it stop Karens of the world from calling the police? Will it stop the so-called nosy neighbor, a.k.a. the neighborhood watch person from following their black neighbor's home? Will it stop gentrification? I pray for better days for the black race. But if we're being real and honest and assess our plight in America, reparations will not solve our problems. We cannot buy our way out of systemic racism. What are our plans for reparations? I've spoken with several people on the topic of reparations going back and forth, not why we need reparations, but what is our plan for reparations, especially in a consumer driven society? Will we spend our reparations on buying expensive handbags, taking private jets to islands and renting out beach from home, beachfront homes giving it all right back, as I've seen evidence of this with the release of stimulus checks and the misuse of funds of the Paycheck Protection Program. And I don't place all African Americans in this category of not being good money managers, but those examples of African Americans blowing money could work against us. Because I wonder how we will invest. Will we invest wisely in Black-owned businesses? clean up our ghettos and collaborate to build community programs, build historical landmarks to honor our ancestors, preserve historical landmarks, buildings, museums, churches with strong African heritage roots. Let's say tomorrow they were going to give out 40 acres of land for free, but you had to give a presentation on what the 40 acres would be used and how it would benefit the community would you be prepared to give it? Because I believe us wanting reparations is not enough and saying African Americans are owed reparations is not enough and does not appeal to the investors. What is the cost benefit analysis to the investor? What benefit or return on investment will America gain by distributing $12 trillion in reparations? And could it be America is and has already paid us reparations in the form of the welfare system and these other free government assistance programs are much like the housing program established in Evanston, Illinois. Let's go back to the point of African-Americans and building wealth. You see, before the pandemic, African-Americans were not saving money, acquiring knowledge of financial literacy and investing. So if we're not doing those things now, or if we haven't done those things in the past and do have not have the proper knowledge to invest our money wisely, what makes us think we'll begin to do those things if reparations are given to us to build 
wealth in America. Let's think about this for a minute. If there's a committee studying reparations and doing research on reparations, what criteria will be defined for how reparations are distributed? Because as I was reading H.R. 40, it had me thinking, how's the committee going to establish the criteria of and the number of African-Americans who are eligible for reparations. Now, you may say all black people should receive reparations, but the defense or those opposed to reparations may argue that slavery didn't begin with the enslavement of Africans. Selling and buying of human beings was not unknown in African society. African people enslaved Africans. There was enslavement through famine, insolvency, and crimes. Insolvency is the inability to pay one's debt. Men gave daughters in marriage or sons for laborers in exchange for corn or millet to save families from starvation. This study of reparations might avail some hard but honest truths about how Africans sold out their own to the colonizers to protect themselves. And if one was sold as opposed to just being taken, How will reparations be resolved? Consider the long-term emotional and psychological effects that can have on someone if some people of African descent are paid reparations and others are not. I believe it would further divide our race. And on the topic of reparations, I've had this discussion with many people, as I stated, and I always find it interesting, but not surprised that those who speak about and who are preaching reparations really know nothing about their history, except for the March on Washington, Malcolm X, and the Black Panther Movement Party. So we speak as if we know what our ancestors truly wanted. As they sailed on their voyage to a foreign land, not knowing what future awaited them, did they say, you know, I want reparations. As they sang those hymns, picking cotton on America's plantations, were they singing about reparations? On their knees as they prayed to their God, were they praying for reparations? You see, those chains stripped them of their dignity and identity. No longer the child, woman, or man, God destined them to become, but a slave becoming the most degraded, wretch, abject set of beings that ever lived since the beginning of the world. So America, here's my appeal to you. I do not know the time nor the generation when you would pay my people their reparations. While we pray and wait, for you to repent of your sins, let us work collaboratively, not to unchange the history of the past, but to build upon it, expand upon it. More importantly, build equity in our schools, communities, and corporate America. Can you see us for who we really are and not what you want us to be? Our ancestors have built this country. 
That's got to be worth something. Are we asking for too much? If you cannot grant us our 40 acres and mule and reparations, can you at least keep your knee off our necks? Please, America, let us breathe. Sincerely, your miseducated Negro. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Coin Black History on the Other Side podcast. Learn, explore, and create history with us. Visit us on the web at www.historiansconnect.org. Remember, a people without knowledge of their history is like a tree without roots. Stay connected to your roots.